Amen. So, as Brian said, he read for us last week's text, just the message translation, the opening 14 verses of John 14. But it was important for us to hear those words again, because today's text is the next few verses, John 14, verses 15 through 23. So it was important for us to hear those words again and to remember that we're still at the Last Supper. And as we listen today, I'm going to invite us to do something a little different as we hear the text. I'm going to invite us to close our eyes as we hear the words read. I want you to see yourself seated at the table with Jesus. Perhaps you're across the table from him. Perhaps you're next to him. Maybe you're just seated down from him. And there's people around you who have been a part of your faith journey. There's people in this worshiping community here who are also seated by you. Your feet are still a little wet from Jesus having washed them after a long journey. The bread and the wine is in your stomach. And Jesus has just asked you again, your teacher, trust me. I'm going ahead of you. I'm going to prepare a place for you in the presence of God, and I will come again for you. Trust me. And then he continues. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever. This is the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive Because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him because he abides with you and he will be in you. I will not leave you orphaned. I am coming to you. A little while while the world will no longer see me, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. On that day you will know that I am in the Father and you in me and I in you. They who have my commandments and keep them are those who love me. And those who love me will be loved by my Father, and I will love them and reveal myself to them. Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will reveal yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered him, Those who love me will keep my word. And my Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. As I kept coming back to this passage these past few weeks, a question kept hitting me. What is church? 
even if we know the right answer, the question is probably better asked, what do we often make church? It's easy to make church just this building even when it's empty. Or to make church something that only happens on Sunday mornings. To make church something that doesn't require us. Something that's just going through the motions. But church, church is something that only happens when people who have encountered the living Christ come together to deepen and sustain that relationship alongside one another. Church is not a building. Church isn't something we can set, something we can contain. Church, church happens when two or more gather to know God better alongside one another. So Jesus, in today's passage, it's, it's important for us to, to know the truth of what church is because in today's passage, Jesus wasn't speaking to his disciples as individuals. It's easy to just read the Gospels and read Scripture as Jesus just speaking to us individually. But Jesus wasn't. He was speaking to his disciples, a community of people bound together by a shared teacher, a group of people who had left everything behind to follow this man. And maybe it's because the, the Bible translators don't like, don't like Southern dialect. But Jesus actually, in today's passage, never said you. He said y'all. That's what my Greek teacher always reminded us in seminary. Jesus should have had a twang. And in today's passage, when he's speaking to his disciples, he's telling them, If y'all love me, keep my commandment. If y'all love me, keep my commandment. The Gospel of John is a weird gospel. Because throughout scripture, especially the other gospels, we get lots of commandments. Of things we're supposed to do. And the Gospel of John... There's the implicit commandment to love God. But Jesus multiple times names the only commandment in this gospel as the command for those who are his followers to love one another. Jesus was reminding his disciples of what he had said earlier at the Last Supper that we find in John 13, where Jesus told them, love one another 
as I have loved y'all. By this, the world will know that y'all are mine. By how you choose to love one another. It's really easy to lie to ourselves and say that this is an easy commandment. But it's not. I can, I can say to myself that this is easy. I can remind myself of it. But it is not an easy commandment. Because Jesus isn't telling us to just like one another, to just tolerate one another, to pick and choose who is our brother and sister in Christ. Jesus is telling us, all in my name, love one another as I have loved y'all. Love is not easy. Love is painful at times. Love is a commitment. Love is messy. And to love as Christ has chosen to love us is terrifying. Because we know what's going to come after the Last Supper. We know how Jesus is going to choose to love his disciples and to love us. And it's to lay his life down. It's to choose to experience death for us. Love definitely isn't easy. And this command, we shouldn't just write off. Because this command tells us how our faithfulness is measured. Our faithfulness to God is never measured by how much time we spend in a church building Faithfulness is not found in how much money we give to a church. Faithfulness is not found in how full our calendars are with things to do that we can say are about God. Faithfulness is found in how we love and in what comes out of that love. If y'all love me, y'all will keep my commandments. If y'all love me, y'all will love one another as I have loved y'all. And by this, the world will know that y'all are mine. By this, the world will know that this faith isn't nothing. That there is a living God by how we choose to love one another. In intersection, we come back to three words. Found, known, and loved. Because we firmly believe that that is who God has called us to be in this worshiping community. To name it. That this is a place 
where we can find God, know God, and love God, and, and remember that we have been found, that we are known, and that we are loved by the creator of the universe. But we also think it's important always to name the fact that we are called in this space to be found, known, and loved by one another. Because throughout scripture, we are reminded that God created us to be in community. God created us for one another and calls us to one another. And Jesus tells us in today's passage that if we want to obey him, we have to love one another. And we believe that we can only love one another well when we know one another, when we have chosen to find one another and allow ourselves to be found. We know that we're never going to be perfect. But we want to name the fact that that is what we... We are called to do who we are called to be in this space. A loving community of disciples. And Jesus tells us when we commit ourselves to this, when we choose to love one another, to obey Christ, that God will come and make his home with us. And that's not ever nothing. But it's, but it's based on whether or not we choose to strive to obey. But I'm going to tell you now that loving one another is never going to be easy. Because we are going to mess up. We are going to hurt one another. We're going to experience times where we don't feel loved by our brothers and sisters. I know I always feel so bad because Sunday mornings, I just keep thinking about everything I need to do and it can be so hard for me to be present. I feel so bad about that. But, but also, as we gather, sometimes we're going to feel really unworthy and unequipped to be the church, to be a disciple, to, to love one another. But we need to remember this. From last week's passage, we... We need to remember to trust one another, to trust, well, Jesus. But with today's passage, yes, there is the call, the command to love one another. But this can only happen. And it happens when we commit ourselves to this call. The Holy Spirit comes. 
when we choose to claim this community, when we choose to claim one another, when we choose to love one another, God says he will give us the power of the Holy Spirit. We don't do this. We don't love one another by our own power, by our own strength, by our own will. We don't forgive one another on our own. We don't serve one another on our own. It's all by the power of the Holy Spirit. Our advocate, our guide, our comforter. Who Jesus said, when you obey me, you, my community of disciples, will be empowered by the Holy Spirit who will never leave you. And anything is possible through the power of the Holy Spirit. In seminary, I was a part of a prayer group that met at the home of one of our professors. And we spent each week an hour in prayer and listening. And whenever Kenda would open our time, she would often remind us that the scariest prayer we can ever pray It's just three words. Come, Holy Spirit. Because we can't control the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth who speaks to us a truth we don't always want to hear, who guides us and shows us paths we don't always want to follow. But the Holy Spirit will come and empower us And show us how we can be Christ's disciples, Christ's witnesses here and now in this world. And when we claim Christ's command, when we claim the power of the Holy Spirit, Jesus tells us that the world will see. The world who does not yet know God will see us and they will know that there's something different. The question for us is whether or not we are willing to claim this community, whether or not we are willing to claim the power of the Holy Spirit, whether or not we are willing to seek to love one another as Christ has loved us, whether or not we are willing to pray The scariest prayer there is. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit, into this space, into this community, into our lives. All we have to do is trust. All we have to do is seek to obey. And things will happen. And God will be alive. So are we willing to claim Christ's invitation to community, to love, to the power of his spirit? I want us to really be thinking about that and praying about that in these closing moments of worship. 
the front will be open to pray after the offering baskets are passed as the band comes and leads us in a final song. Will we pray an invitation to God's spirit to come in and change our lives as individuals and as a community with only one real thing in common, Christ. Let us pray. Lord, we know that it isn't always easy to be who you've called us to be. It isn't easy to love as you have loved us. But Lord, help us never to give up. Help us to remember that you have promised us the power of your spirit. So help mold us into who we are called to be so that church can happen, so that lives can be impacted, not just within the body, but so also that those outside the body can see and know by how we love one another that you are real. It's in your son's name that we pray and trust. Amen.